behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Yes, it is. It is the Score North Taxi Squad. And uh, thank you again for tuning in. I'm Manny Hill. I'm here with Jason Stormer and Artis Woods as well. And gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about because uh, oh. since the last show we did a week ago, uh, the Timberwolves kind of made some news. No, and, uh, no way. One of the, one of the no biggest way. trades the in franchise history, if not if not the biggest trade in franchise history. Uh, certainly, in terms of the player they got back and the players that they gave up, the players and assets that they gave up as well, and. Um, we're going to break that down. Indeed we are. As long as it takes to break this damn thing. As down, long as it takes. Crazy. Um, this <laughs> is one of the craziest trades I've ever been a part of as a Minnesota sports fan. Uh, this is on the same level as probably like Jimmy Butler, um, Herschel Walker, a few others too. I can't think of. My head is still spinning from this trade, guys. Uh, we were talking before we started recording. I wanted to kind of get our let the audience know where we were and what we were doing for this historic moment in Minnesota basketball history. I was coming out of a movie. I saw everything everywhere all at once. If you haven't seen that, it's amazing. If you're bogged down good. by like all the multiverse craziness out there from like Marvel and Rick and Morty, this is that. But it's on a much smaller scale, really more intimate, really good. You should check it out. Anyway, what? Basketball? Right. So I didn't know about the news until like 45 minutes after like it actually happened. I saw the text from you and artists and everybody else in our little group. And my jaw literally fell through the floor and out to Bangladesh. Because if you line up Minnesota and Bangladesh, it's pretty much right where they are on the planet. So I, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um and then I started actually looking too. Um, you know, I started seeing the names of the players going. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like it's kind of fine with the actual players we gave up. But then I started seeing the draft capital numbers come in, and my jaw proceeded to drop even farther to the floor. I was absolutely stunned. What were you guys doing when the news broke? I was at home. I was at home chilling with my lady, watching TV. I'm nice. uh, kind of in my phone, kind of watching TV because you know it's free agency. So I'm yeah. in my phone. I'm refreshing, trying to see what Woj is saying, trying to see what Shams is saying. And I believe Woj is the one who broke it first. I could be wrong, but I think it was Woj. And I saw it like maybe 30 seconds after it was posted and I immediately screenshot it and sent it to our taxi squad group chat. Um, but at that point the news hadn't broke about who was being sent um, to the Utah jazz. It was just Rudy Gobert is now a wolf. And I was like, Whoa, what is happening? This is happening. Wow. Okay. Super geeked. Um, and it took a minute for Wolves to break down everything that was traded. And he did. And I screenshot that as well and sent it in the chat and at that point, I was kind of on the move, so I didn't really look at the text or look at the tweet like that. I kind of just skimmed it real quick and sent it in the chat. Jason responded like, that's a lot. And then I went <laughs> back and looked, and I was like, oh, oh, it is a lot. Damn. So, yeah, that's that's where I was. That's where my head was. And I have a lot to say about it, but I want to know where Manny was. Well, I was on a uh, rooftop at a Ooh. friendly local establishment enjoying a nice cocktail on my yeah. – uh, Friday off perfect timing my, perfect my, timing. Uh, regular my day-to-day monday through friday job i had the day off um and yeah it kind of uh took me by surprise i think we all knew that the wolves were looking at uh bringing in rudy gobert making a deal for him but um 
when I saw the players, you know, much like you guys, when I saw the players, I was like, okay, well, that's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of depth to be giving up. Um, and then I was thinking, okay, well, it's probably like maybe like two first round picks or maybe like two first round picks and like one protected pick or something like that. And then I saw all of the, all of the picks and the non-protections on all of the picks and then the pick swap and then like the lightly protected 2029 pick. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot for Rudy Gobert, who's 30 years old and making, you know, 40 some million dollars a year. And, you know, look, I mean, Rudy's a really good player. I think we all agree on that. I think universally around the league, Rudy is regarded as one of the best players in the NBA. Certainly the the best um, defensive big man in the league by far. It's not even a discussion really on who the other guys are. But, um, wow, man, it's, it's just a lot. I, I'm still trying to even like, you know, was it five days later, I guess? This happened on Friday the 1st. I mean, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to process it. You know, just the amount that they gave up in terms of draft picks. The players are, it's mostly role players that they gave up. So, you know, Patrick Beverly, it was fun, but mm. I think we kind of knew Patrick Beverly was not going to be with this team for three or four more years. So, mm. eventually, you knew they were going to move on from him. Um, I don't, I never envisioned Malik Beasley being part of the team long-term at all. So that wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big thing. Walker Kessler is a young draft pick. I mean, he's essentially a first round pick himself because he hasn't even played for the team yet. I mean, they, the Wolves drafted him a week and a half ago. So it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> right. another first round pick. So really they gave up five first round picks if we're thinking about it. Um, so the player, the players part of it, the only guy I guess was, was kind of tough to lose was Vando, but, I think when you're trading for somebody of Rudy Gobert's caliber, you're going to have to give up something and, you know, you're going to have to give up a player of some form of value. And Jared Vanderbilt, I think with his defense and his rebounding and his energy, you know, he kind of, he kind of is that, is that value as far as a player. So, you know, you're going to have to give up something, but man, I, I just still can't get over those picks, man. I, that's, yeah. that's a lot of picks. I don't know what you guys feel about it. The Timberwolves, have to do everything possible to win as much as possible until the year 2029. I mean, if you think about it, they're on a trajectory to do so. By then, Cat, I mean, he'll be on the down end of his career. We'll see where he's at if he's still in the league. But Ant should still be in his prime at that point. And so I was saying... 30 years old yet. Right. Right, he still can't even drink a beer yet. So, or Kenny now? Has he turned twenty-one yet? I hope be, so. Because if that dude can't go party in the playoffs month. next year, that's going to be really disappointing. Um, I agree with you, Manny. I am sad to see Vando go. Uh, out of any of these players, I kind of valued him the most. Malik Beasley, too much of a streaky shooter. I know he set the three-point record for the Timberwolves, but I think that was had more to do with volume than uh, actual skill. And it was a very um, low bar, too, by the way. Yeah, 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 not too. Because who held the record before? Wasn't it like Googs or something? Gugliata mm-hmm. or something like No, it was Zerby. I thought it was, was Zerby. Was it Wally Zerby? It might have been Zerby. Kevin Love, probably. Or, I, it probably was Kevin Love, actually. Might have been Kevin, Kevin Love. Love, yeah. Um, I tell you what, though. I... 
I am going to miss Patrick Beverly. That was such oh, a sure. fun one, season, man. Honestly, and, that that one stung me. I'm not yeah, going to lie. I yeah. know Pat Bev is somebody that we weren't expecting to keep long, but I like Pat. Right. I like Pat as a fit for the team. And I'm worried, too, because I know there's like some rumblings about this, but nothing's been substantiated, and Utah hasn't made a move yet. But there were some rumblings that maybe Pat Bev would get bought out by Utah. That hasn't happened yet, and I know that like that circulated among Timberwolves fans, too. That Like, oh, if Pat Bev gets spot out by Utah, bring him back. That probably won't be the case. But here's the thing, guys. I'm not even sure you can do that. You're right. You know what? I did, I did read that you can't bring back the same player in a calendar year. Or, right. or is that just via trade, though? If somebody gets cut, then can they bring them back? Because then how would 10-day contracts work, if that's the case? Or maybe there's like a loophole. Well, I think, I think there's something different with 10-day contracts. But yeah. my understanding on buyouts is that I think you do have to wait. I could be completely wrong on this, but I think okay. you do have to wait a calendar year before you bring that guy back. Either way, very likely away, yeah. he gets bought out. You can't you can't just like bring him back with sure. a calendar year. Yeah, sure. Because um, then teams could use that to their advantage all the time in like trade negotiations. That'd be a crappy loophole. Uh, yep. So anyway, moral of the story is that Pat Bev not going to be on the Timberwolves roster next season. Right. But if he is on the Utah Jazz roster, mind you, Utah may take a step back this season. Obviously, they just lost Gobert. We'll see if they keep Donovan Mitchell. Who knows? You know what his mental makeup right now is after losing Gobert. But admittedly, it kind of like, oh, it gives me a quiver in my liver to have Pat Bev be in the same division as the Timberwolves, the Northwest Division. Now, I know, I know that divisions don't matter in basketball, but for scheduling, they do. And we're going to play the Utah Jazz more so than pretty much any other team, excluding like the Nuggets um, and whoever else, Oklahoma City. And who's the last team in our uh, Utah and who's the last team in our division? I forget. Oklahoma City, Utah, Denver. Portland. Us. And Portland, Portland. Portland. Thank you very much. Portland. So I will not be surprised if Pat Bev has just a fun time doing a revenge tour against the Timberwolves next season. I know that's only going to be a couple games, but like it's got me a little bit nervous that we traded Pat Bev so close. And I don't know how many people are talking about that. I don't like the fact that we that we traded him, even though I understand that you kind of had to get rid of him in order to make this deal happen. I'm not really concerned about him going on a revenge tour, though. Like, for what this team is trying to accomplish right now and what they're trying to build and making this trade for Rudy Gobert, you kind of can't be worried about the effect of Pat Bev on another okay. team. You, j- okay. you just can't. Like, like if, if if you're going to go out here and you're going to trade five first-round picks, you're going to trade multiple players for an impact player like Rudy Gobert, you can't be worried about a guy like Pat Bev. You just can't. Um, and you need a guy like Anthony Edwards. You need a guy like Cat. You need D'Lo if you choose to hold on to D'Lo. You need your... Um, What's his name? McDaniels? Not McDaniels. Uh, yeah, Jaden McDaniels. Yeah, yeah Jaden um, McDaniels. Yep. You need him to take a step as well. You 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 need an uh, overall team effort on both sides of the ball, and you don't need to be worried about Pat Bev okay. at this point. But I do hate the so. fact that he was traded. I I, I don't. I, I and and it. I'm indifferent about this, guys, and you guys got to bear with me on this. I'm indifferent about it because. I wanted a splash. I I wanted a splash. You know, I don't know if this is the way I wanted it, but I wanted a splash. I was big on the Wolves need to make a move and they need to make a move to get better now. The Western Conference is stacked and we need to get better now. And this move undeniably made the Wolves better. Like ultimately, as they sit today, they are better than they was before they traded for to go bear. You know, you get a player that is a walking double-double, averaged about 16 points a game, about 15 rebounds a game, shooting 71% from the field, um, three-time uh, defensive player of the year, six-time uh, all-defensive first-team player, three-time all-star, 
four-time uh, All-NBA team, um, 2020 rebound uh, leader, like you or 2022 rebound leader. I'm sorry, legit. You get a guy like he he's legit. He he can defend. That that is what he does. He can rebound the ball. He's top ten in player efficiency. He's top ten in re, um, real plus minus. He's top ten in um, win shares per per 48 minutes. He he contributes to winning basketball. Um, this is my issue though. It's not even about what they traded or the assets they traded away. I just think they traded away in the wrong direction. Rudy Gobert, in today's press conference, he said that he's coming here to bring a championship to Minnesota. I don't know if that was the exact quote or if it was, I want to get this team to the finals. It was something along those lines. I mean, he better be. And Yeah. <laughs> and I did a little research because this was on my mind. I did a little research and oh, I was boy. like, how important in today's game is having a dominant center? Like, how important is it? How much does that contribute to winning championship championship basketball? So I said, let's look up the last 10 championship teams. So you got 2012, you got the Miami Heat. 2013, you got the Heat again. 2014, you got the Spurs. 15, Warriors. 16, Cavs. 17, Warriors. 18, Warriors. 19, Raptors. Um, 2020, um, Lakers. 2021, Bucks. And 2022, Warriors. Now, if you look at the centers for those teams... 2020, uh, 2012 and 2013, you got Chris Bosh for both years. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. Pretty good center. You got Tim Duncan for the Spurs. After that, you got Looney for the Warriors. You got Tristan Thompson for the Cavs. You got Looney again for the Warriors, both 2017 and 18. You got Mark Gasol for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. AD, I'll give you AD for the Lakers. You got Brooke Lopez for the Bucks. And then this year, we saw Looney, and we saw a little bit of Draymond playing center, too. Okay, that's fair. Hey, don't forget about Andrew Bogut now. Yeah. 2015 Warriors. Yes. Can't, don't sleep on yeah. Andrew Bogut. Bogut was there as well. Yeah, Bogut yeah, was baby. there as well. I don't think Kevon Looney was there for the first Warriors championship. I don't think. I don't think he was drafted came, quite yet. I think it was like 2016 when he was I think drafted. He was 16 or 17 when he got. I think it was 16. It might have been. Then it might have been Bogut. Bogut. Still, fit, still, fits, still fits my narrative. Love still Andrew fits my Bogut. narrative. Okay. <laughs> You look at the point guards, though, and you guys have to excuse me. I'm counting LeBron as a point guard because at the end of the day, he's, he's running point guard. He's, yeah. he's running point guard at the end of the day. So, point guards, those same years, 2013, Bron, um, 2014, uh, Tony Parker, 15, uh, uh, Steph Curry, 16, Kyrie slash LeBron because Kyrie has the ball in his hands towards the end of games as well. After that, you got Steph, Steph again, Kyle Lowry. You got LeBron, you Drew Holiday, and you got Steph again. So all that to say, hmm. out of the last 10 years, four or five years, you needed a center to win a championship. But almost every year, you needed an elite or close to all-star level point guard to win a championship. Which brings me to this point. What did we ask, what did we offer the Spurs for DeJounte Murray? I have yep. to know. Had to because, have been less than Atlanta. Because what the Atlanta gave them is not what we just gave up for Rudy Gobert. Not even close. And as great as he is as a player, I still feel like you could have kept Walker Kessler or you could have went in and got a, a veteran big, like I said before, in free agency um, to fill that void when it comes to rebounding, um, when it comes to um, hustle plays, when it comes to block shots. You could have got somebody much cheaper to fill that void. Maybe he not he wouldn't be Rudy Gobert, but you could have got somebody cheaper to fill that void. The point guard position at this point, I believe in today's NBA, is a little more important. Like, you need that in order to win a championship in today's day and age. So, 
is D'Lo going to be that guy? Because the way it's looking right now, it's looking like the Wolves have a nucleus of Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. That's the team. That is the big, that's the big three right there. Is that enough to win a championship right now? I don't know. And you traded away all your assets pretty much. You don't have a lot of money. I mean, these guys, between Cat and Rudy Gobert, that's $400 million being spent well, the, on the bigs. Yeah, so, I mean, the, mo- the money part of it, the salary cap, I mean, forget about it. Like, it's <laughs> you're, that, uh, that cap space, that max cap space that we were envisioning them having next year by letting D'Lo and Beasley and Patrick Beverly walk, that, that's gone. That, she that's, yeah. Then yep. that, that that's goodbye. <laughs> Not gonna happen. You're probably gonna have your. You probably still have your mid level exception, which I think every year the cap goes up. That mid level number can go up, and you can get you know you can get a, a decent player with that. But yeah, I mean the the free agency thing is that's what it's gonna have to be. I mean it's gonna have to be, you know, bargain bin. It's gonna have to be mid level exception. You know, biannual exception mid-level stuff i mean that that's what it's for free agency that's what you're looking at you know Mm -hmm. i mean i i think the dejounte murray thing the more i thought about it over the last week since we talked about it last week i just i mean we know they were interested we know they wanted him i just i just keep going back to that atlanta trey young relationship the relationship you have with trey young i just wonder how how much that played a part. Yeah. And I just wonder how feasible it was actually going to be for the Wolves. Because, I mean, if they would have given up what they gave up for Rudy Gobert, for DeJounte Murray, I would still kind of have the same feeling of like, I feel like they gave up too much. Yeah. See, I wouldn't, though. <laughs> See, I wouldn't. Because I because he's 25. He mm-hmm. averaged close to a triple-double last year. Mm-hmm. He was an all-star. He's going to grow in his sin with the team. I feel like with DeJounte Murray, the series with the with the Grizzlies goes a lot differently. And you could say the same thing for Rudy Gobert in a, in a way. Um, yeah. But I just feel like that young nucleus could be one that grows um, for mm-hmm. uh, five, seven years. Rudy Gobert is 30 years of age. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's just it's one of those things where my thing is the package is I'm just thinking from the standpoint of, of if the package is what the package is, I'd rather give the package up for a different player. I'd rather mm-hmm. give it up for DeJounte Murray. If you said, this is the package we're going to put on the table, this is what we're going to trade. Okay, give it up for a point guard, a floor general, somebody that's going to defend, somebody that's going to facilitate, somebody that can score, spend veteran minimum money on a guy like Dwight or JaVale McGee or you know somebody that could just come in and just play big. Because this is the thing, too. The small ball lineups in the postseason, they are going to happen. The Utah Jazz have amazing success with Rudy Gobert on the floor in the regular season. Because teams like, okay, we'll, we'll let you have that. But come postseason time, where if we can, we're going to go small. With the Timberwolves, you're paying him so much money, and he's such an impact player that you don't want to sit him on the bench in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Oh, you just don't. Hell no. You want to play him. Hell no. And so in that situation, I'd rather have a, a veteran, a guy that's not making as much money, that is willing to just take that back seat for a couple minutes here and there in crucial moments of the game where it's like, okay, we got to go small. We got to put in Torian uh, Prince or we got to put in uh, Kyle Anderson, who I did like that pickup mm-hmm. um, at the four. We got to rotate pieces in and out that way opposed to, okay, we're to go back. Because you know we're not going to bench Cat. That's not going to happen. 
So it's well, like, unless he okay, implodes, we'll go, unless he implodes again, then yeah, we will have yeah. to bench cat. I don't Sorry, know. I don't care about your max extension, man. If you implode like that in the playoffs again, I have no problem benching cat's ass again. Sorry, I mean, guys, listen, Rudy and Cat are going to be on the floor a lot together. Yes, that, that's that, what that, I'm that, saying. That's just, that's just a reality. They're, they're going to be on the floor a lot together. They're, you know, Chris Finch is a is a smart coach, and he's going to. There, there's going to be other combinations. They're not going to be on the floor. You know, they're both probably going to play you know, 32 to 36 minutes a game, they're not going to be entirely on the on the court at the exact same time. But I think a majority of the night, I think it's you're, you're looking at somewhere between 25 and 28 minutes a night, Rudy and Kat are going to be on the floor at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's just whether it's playoffs or whatever like that. Yeah. And, and I think we should talk about that. I mean, even though I... Th- my, I'm in agreement with you guys. I do think that we gave up way too much for a 30-year-old center. I know there haven't really been injury issues in regards to Rudy Gobert. I don't think he's missed like a crazy significant amount of time in his NBA career due to an injury. I can't recall that. Can you guys? I can't recall a no, time where he was out an indefinite amount of time. I can't, no. I don't remember. I, and, of course, we always worry about the longevity of centers because they're taller, their bones and their limbs and their muscles are stretched out further, so they're more susceptible to injury. Um, back to Deontay Murray really quick. I'm kind of curious if the fact that the Timberwolves couldn't find themselves an adequate trade partner for D'Angelo Russell See, is yes. why they ultimately bailed on Deontay Murray. Because obviously be you true, can't too. have Murray and Russell on the same team. It just wouldn't work out, even though we'd all take Murray over Russell. Um, we saw the Knicks get Jalen Brunson. Uh, obviously that was a team that had a lot of cap space that could have taken on Delo's expiring contract. They moved on. Obviously there have been a few other teams, but I, I, I think Malcolm we can, Bro- Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm Brogdon got paid. I mean, I, I just, I, with, with this kind of trade, you couldn't get somebody move, to move off of a point guard. I don't know. Maybe that's just, I don't know. That's just my thought process. This right. is well, a big see, package Yeah, my, to not my thing, get a point guard back. My, my thing is D'Angelo Russell, the tough part of, about where the Wolves are at with D'Angelo Russell is that there's just not around the league. There's just not a lot of teams that were interested in him. Even if it's, even if he's a one year, $30 million expiring contract, like I just don't think there was a lot of, I don't think he was highly valued around the league. I mean, I know Doogie talked about the Knicks, but that was because Gerson Rosas is there. And because Leon Rose, who used to be, uh, part of Delo's representation is there as the general or the um I think he's the president of basketball operations there now but you know but like outside of that I mean you know were, were the Spurs going to want to take D'Angelo Russell back in a in a DeJounte Murray deal I mean if anybody mm-hmm. could think he could fix him it's pop maybe but even maybe. then like, if you're the Spurs and you're trading away the best player in that trade you're going to have to add another contract just to make the money work yep. because Delo's making 31 or $32 million. And I think DeJounte's supposed to make 17 mm-hmm. this year. Mm. So it's like, you, maybe we would have done like a sign and trade and throw in like Tori and Prince or something like that. Who knows if that could even be possible. That, I think that would get the money to work a little bit or actually, no, that'd make it worse. Cause the Spurs yeah, would have to throw something in. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I don't this, know what I'm talking about. Well, another thing this shows me too, though, is coach Finch believes in the overall team defense or perimeter defense, because that's a lot of reason why the Utah jazz defense will break down in the postseason too. They don't have a lot of on ball perimeter defenders over there. Um, well, we got guys wasn't even trying. 
It, like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, so you got like the Tyler Mitchell man, but he was not even trying on defense. It was pathetic. It exactly. Really was. So. You, so you got guys blowing by on the perimeter, driving to the paint. Rudy helps in the paint. You kick out and pass around to whatever shooter's open. Um, so I think this puts a lot of a lot of onus on Cat and um, Anthony Edwards, um, even D'Lo, um, McDaniel's, and whoever's coming off the bench to hold really good perimeter defense because. It is doable if you can hold defense and so you can prevent people from getting in the paint so that Rudy doesn't have to help in the paint as much. You know, it is yeah. preventable that way. Even if teams go small, if the perimeter defense is good, if the team defense is good, then it helps. But and you if their defense is lacking on the perimeter to, to defend three point shooters either. Exactly. If, if your perimeter defenders hold up, then you're not relying on Rudy to have to defend the paint and then sprint halfway across the court to guard, you know, the corner man that's shooting a three. Exactly. Exactly. So it can work like that. Um, And I do feel like, you know, McDaniels is a pretty good defender. I think Kyle Anderson is Mm -hmm. decent. Um, I think, I mean, he did say he felt like he was the best defender in basketball. (laughs) So here's another opportunity to talk to that. Man, keep talking. I love it. Um, And, you know, Cat um, has room to grow on that side of the ball. But I think he's, you know, he's agile for his size, at least. So, I mean, I think that does help. But they're going to have to be better than they was last year. And it'll be without Pat Bev now. And well, if I can take a silver lining from all this, I am so glad that Jane McDaniels was not part of this trade package. Yes, I want yeah. to say that I am too. fine with giving up like those last two, maybe even three picks, if it meant that McDaniels didn't go to Utah in this package. Yeah. That that that's just me. I I really value the guy. Um, speaking of perimeter defense, I think Jane McDaniels is going to be one of your best perimeter defenders. Yeah. Um. Well, he, so he I'm. He, he is, he, yeah, he, he, yeah. He's, he's the yeah. best perimeter defender right now. So, and and I know game. the initial rumblings was from Utah was that Jane McDaniel's was their most prized possession in a Timberwolves deal. Yeah. So, and you know, we got to take this into account too. Tim Connolly bolted from Denver to here and has probably dealt with Utah's front office just as much as he dealt with Minnesota's front office um, while he was in Denver. And so, like, I wasn't really too worried about Tim maybe getting finessed uh, in his first, like, big trade as, as Pobo or anything like that. And, that. and that wasn't really the case. I mean, it depends on who you ask. I mean, a lot of people say well, the Timberwolves got fleeced here. I think what year was, was that 2017 that Donovan Mitchell got drafted? Sounds uh, accurate. Sounds about right. Donovan Mitchell getting drafted. Technically, he was drafted by the Denver. Yeah, he was. He okay. was Donovan Mitchell was the 13th pick in 2017, technically by the Denver Nuggets, and he was traded to Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't have the full breakdown of that trade in front of sure. me, but yeah, that's okay. so. Well, I think as I was saying, yeah. was the first year that Tim Connolly was in charge, like fully in charge of the Nuggets front office. Gotcha. So, there you well, go. anyway, I was talking about like maybe Pat Bev haunting us from Utah. It would have been so much worse to see Jane McDaniels over there in ball. It, it yeah. would it would have been worse for me. That would have been worse for me to, more so than any you know sixth grader that gets drafted in twenty twenty nine. You know, so I, I I'm thrilled that he isn't going anywhere because I think he is a and honestly like now that goes Bears here he's kind of probably taking a second fiddle in, t- in terms of the spotlight. But we talk a ton about how Ant's going to take a huge step that this next season. I think Jane McDaniels might take just as big a one. Maybe obviously not in the same star power as Ant does, but in terms of just efficiency, what we need from him on this team, I am just beyond thrilled that Jane McDan that we were able to make a seismic trade like this, the biggest trade in Timberwolves history, 
and we didn't have to give up, arguably, our most valuable asset in doing so, besides cat and ant, obviously. Yeah, yeah I completely I agree. Oh, my, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I think, um, I think my biggest question about this is that because of the amount of draft picks that you gave them, and, and I'm going to agree with you, Jason, I think being able to hold on to McDaniels was huge. And ultimately, why the Wolves had to give up the amount of draft picks that they gave up, because, you know, um, but now it's going to be interesting to see now going forward over the next couple of years, especially if the Wolves are finding themselves in a good spot in the standings or if somebody gets injured, if they need to make a move at the deadline and to, to bring in like a significant player that can help. Are they going to have the ammunition to be able to make a deal like that? Probably not. I don't, I don't know that they are at this point. Now they still have some pick. They, they still have what the 2024 pick. Everyone in between those ones, yeah. Six pick, I think it is that they still yep. have. So, I mean, there is that, but man, it's it's going to be you know I think the roster that they're putting kind of still fine tuning now. This is kind of the roster that they're that they're going to have now. Look, if this thing blows up, they can. If this thing fails miserably, which I don't think it's going to do that. Um, you know, they'll, they'll have, they can trade guys, you know, and, and sort of do a soft reset of this. They could trade Rudy. Will they get the same return? Most likely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. Um, but they're, they'll, you know, they'll have some options. I just wonder about, because I don't know how you guys feel about this, but like you make a deal of this magnitude, you give up what you gave up. This is about winning championships now. Yes, it is. This yep. is not about yes, it is. getting to the play-in game and celebrating and jumping on the scorer's table and pumping your fist and crying, you know, all due respect to Patrick Beverly, you know, because you clinched a playoff spot. This is you clinch a playoff spot. And with, you compete. Yep. Yeah, you clinch a playoff spot with six weeks left in the, in the damn season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're thinking about getting a top four seed, getting home court advantage for multiple rounds making a run to the NBA finals, making multiple runs, you know, multiple deep playoff runs. And, and like, to me, they got to get to the finals, man. Yeah. At least one was, time in the next four, four or five years, they got to get to the NBA finals to, to, I think to really make this trade ultimately worth it. Yeah. And, and that was going to be my next question to you guys. How much do you think, this trade moves the needle. Like, are they a top five seed in the West? Are they a top three? Because I heard Declan, not to call him out, but I heard Declan, as soon as the news broke, he's like, top three seed in the West. And I'm like, whoa. Classic Declan. Classic Declan. I don't know. I don't, I mean, it's possible. Let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. Obviously, we don't think that Golden State's going anywhere. Right. Um, We expect, (laughs) we expect Phoenix to be good, but I think we're all expecting them to take a step back. I don't know. They just signed Josh Okogie. That might be their X factor. I might take that back. Um, Let's keep going. Memphis should be better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Portland should be much better this year. Um, OKC shouldn't be that good. Utah shouldn't be that good. The Denver might take better. a step back. Actually, Denver might still be pretty darn good. I think Jamal Denver's, Murray's fine, and Jokic, they'll be pretty good. They're going to get healthy. Denver yeah. will be um, good. I don't think Portland will be as good as the Wolves. No, 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 no. no I don't think so. But they've made good. moves to kind of make Dame a little bit more happy at the moment, which they mm. absolutely needed to because, honestly, Dame should probably leave Portland, but whatever. I, st- I still think the Pelicans are going to shock Pelicans, some people this Pelicans, year. Pelicans, yes. I do, Clippers, I still think that. Clippers, Clippers are getting are, Kawhi. Yep. Um, okay, so point is, guys, I don't think that the West is getting any weaker. 
going yeah, into no. next season. So even if this doesn't manifest next year, because I mean, I'm hard pressed to even believe that the Wolves will make the Western Conference Finals next year. Maybe it depends it, on the matchups. It'll it's depend really depends on, on Ant's and Jane's development. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. If those guys take the steps that we expect them to, that'll be a game changer. Um, and if obviously we get the regular old stuff out of Cat and Gobert, sign me up for that. Um, so even if that doesn't manifest this year, Manny, I'm agreeance with you. Like these need to be deep runs, Western Conference Finals, yep. at least one NBA Finals. Even if you get swept, I don't care. You got to get there. Otherwise, but, what did you make this move for? Exactly. Just the splash. If that if that's the case, it's right. just for the splash. You're just a new ownership group, a new pobo, and you wanted to make a big move in your new market. Which I don't think this is. I don't think this is it. That 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 this is the case. I think Connolly, even though I didn't expect him to make this big of a move so early in his tenure, I still trust him to know what he's doing in this situation. Even if I can say like, yeah, you probably gave up too much, but I'm hoping there is a master plan in which that results in deep Timberwolves runs. Because honestly, guys, if they get eliminated in the first round in any of these next few years, that'll be like a massive failure in my eyes. They need to at least make the second round every single year for sure. Get into those conference finals at least two or three times, and then at least one run. One run, even if you get swept. I don't care. One yeah. run. Get me in the finals. Yeah, That's yeah, it. I, you know, I Such a low bar the, for Minnesota sports fans, honestly. <laughs> I, I kind of look at it the same way the, you, you do with the Vikings when they, you know, make a run. It's it's kind of like if, you know, if they make a run, it's kind of like get to the Super Bowl, and if you win it, great amazing everybody here is happy because they've never won it before but if anything just get to the super bowl get yourself in a position to win a championship to legitimately win a championship that's to 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 me for the wolves it's like get to the nba finals and if you and if you if you run into a a high-powered miami heat team or if the celtics get back or you know who knows what the nba landscape is going to look like in the eastern (laughs) conference over the next three or four years but get to the nba finals give yourself a shot then i think you can say that this trade is worth it if you fall short of that if you make like one trip to the western conference finals in the next four or five years and that's it dude it'll be like parisian suitor all over again it'll feel like and i don't want to let I don't want to let Cat off the hook because one of the biggest things that I was saying before this offseason started was they needed a big that was going to not only get rebounds and, you know, get the hustle points and lobs and all of that stuff, um, but they needed a big that was going to allow Cat to play to his strengths, which is finesse, which is on the perimeter, kind of elbow, three-point range, kind of his game. So this is this should open him up to be mm-hmm. the best potential yes. The best cat he could possibly be. We don't this, have to worry about him being the best rebounder on the team exactly. anymore. Exactly. We don't have to worry about him. He's playing. not a good rebounder. Exactly. We don't have to worry about him anymore. Exactly. He 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 can literally just focus on his strengths, improve on his strengths in the offseason, and and be the best cat possible. So if this falls short, this isn't just on the trade. This is also on cat, and it's on ant. Like it's on the stars of the basketball team too. They have to continue to ascend as stars. They have. And especially Ant, because like he's, guys, he's gonna have to be a superstar. In order for this to really oh, work, know. yeah, Cat has to improve, but Ant Tom has to be big a, on him, man. He's gonna have to be like a top eight, top five player in the league, at, at some least point. top ten for sure, for sure. In order for this to work out and for them to get to the finals and and make a run at it, I mean, you he has, and I believe he will. I do think he will, but it has to happen. You know who else I think really needs to make a jump? 
and we all think that he can, Jaden McDaniels needs to make a pretty significant jump. Yep. Yeah. And we all love him, and he's highly valued here, and there's a lot of teams around the league that would love to have him, and that's good, and it's exciting to think about. But he's really got to take that next step, to and really live up to what we all think that he can be. Because then, because if he doesn't, then it's going to be like, okay, well, what were we sitting here hoarding him for and holding right. on exactly. to him and being stubborn about holding on to him and any sort of potential deal for it? You know what I mean? So he's he's got a little bit of pressure on him too now to really kind of live up to the supposed value that we all think that he can be as well. Right. I mean, Ant, Ant's got to turn into a superstar, man. Like, we, we yeah. Ant's got to be looked at in the next four or five years as. So I think he certainly needs to become a top 10 player in the league, maybe even like top seven. He did. He's just going to have to do that. If this team is going to be special and, and be a legitimate championship contender. Also, uh, Jalen Noel too. I was just about um, to bring him up too. He yeah. He's moving up the depth chart now and yeah. he's going to get a lot more playing time. So, and I think he'll be solid in his role. Cause I thought he was pretty decent off the bench last year. Probably should have got a little bit more playing yeah. time, but he's going to get, he's going to get his opportunity now. Um, so he can be the new, he can be the new Malik Beasley. Yeah. We were yep. talking, we've talked about that yep. before. And Chris Finch during the press conference, introducing all the draft picks and everything, uh, basically unprompted, went on and on about how Jalen Noel is going to be a contributing member of this team moving forward. And I think all of us yeah. were in agreement. We really like Jalen's game. Wish he got more playing time last uh, year or two or anything. But, you know, I think he, I think him going down to the development league or the G League, whatever it's called now, going down to Iowa, has really helped him just, you know, solidify his status within the organization. And now he's built up a lot of trust. Because so, Jalen's been around for, what, like four years now? Yeah. Four like uh, three or four it years. It, it's I think maybe I think maybe this was just his third year. Okay. All right. Well, either way, he, yeah, he, he it was it was his third year. It feels third like year. he's been around way longer than that. It does. Um I'm very curious to see um what his development is like. Um and I'm actually again, I'm I would have been more upset giving up Jalen Noel in that trade as opposed to Walker Kessler, as opposed mm. to um as opposed to maybe even Vando, uh, I don't know. I probably keep Vando and Jalen Noel neck and neck. I kind of yeah. like both their games. Uh, and Vando got well, more starter minutes. If you're minutes. bringing in Rudy Gobert, like right, I was kind right. of intrigued by what, by seeing what Walker Kessler could turn into here. But if you're bringing mm-hmm. in Rudy Gobert, it's like Walker Kessler is just he's going to be better. Let, let him go, make a name for himself, where he's going to get more playing time. Yeah. I, I I don't blame that whatsoever. Yeah. But I'm glad Jalen wasn't a part of this trade. Again, the two most valuable young assets on this team beyond Cat and Ants weren't involved in the biggest trade in Minnesota Timberwolves history. And I'm I'm very thrilled about that. Again, we can go on and on, and we have already about the draft pick conversation. It's too much. We're all in agreement for that. But the players, again, I think we're all in agreement. We're okay with the players they give up. At the end of the day, I have to applaud the aggression. I Absolutely. Have I have to applaud the aggression because I was one that was like, man, forget the draft picks. <laughs> I said that a while ago. Like, man, oh, yeah. if you can get an impact player, forget the draft picks. So I cannot fault them for being as aggressive as they can and trying to maximize the young talent that they have. Because, again, they have a young nucleus. You know, I don't think they necessarily need all those draft picks as far as drafting. It's more so about assets and trades that you could, you know, use those picks for. Well, I did the, um, I did the math, too. Um, like, for every eight picks in the NBA draft is, like, the equivalent of one round in the NFL draft. So, like, the first eight picks are, like, the equivalent of first-round picks in the NFL. Then the next eight are, like, second-round picks. Then the third or the next eight are third and then the next four. So, say if 
like the Timberwolves draft 25th every single one of these years. Like they're good enough, put together a good enough regular season, and it's a late 20s pick. That's, if you compare it to the NFL, that's the equivalent of like a fourth round pick. Now, when you say it that way, when you say, okay, we gave up Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, Patrick Beverly, and four fourth round picks, does that sound just a little bit more palatable, even though that's manipulating? That's not really what it is. (laughs) But it's, I think it's important that we actually state just the value of what NBA draft picks actually are compared to like some other leagues. Cause obviously in the NFL, first round picks are as valuable oh, as yeah. they get. Definitely. I mean, you only trade more than one of those if you're trying to get a quarterback, right? Right. That's pretty much the only instance. And so I think a lot of fans, especially more casual fans, look at a first round pick in the NBA and go, Oh my gosh. Oh my, I can't believe they gave up that much. Well, no, you got to right. actually think about what the value of that pick will be. Yes, but let's think <laughs> about this for a second, though. Just just to play devil's advocate for the sake of the conversation. Yes, we also do have to remember because we've seen. We're, I'm seeing this a lot too. A lot of people saying, "Well, those picks are going to be in the 20s, and they're not. They're just not that important." Well, the guy the Wolves just traded for was the 27th pick in his draft. Yes, mm. it can buy you. And the guy that they, the Wolves, were steadfast on not parting ways with was the 28th pick in his draft. Mm, that's that's so, that's a fair point. That's true. a very fair I, I, point. I, think I I I I get the notion of well, the picks are going to be later in the first round, and they're not as valuable. But as this trade can kind of show, when you look at the players involved and the players that were not involved, you can still find, and I think especially in today's NBA, we're we're, we're starting to see more guys that get drafted in, in the twenties start to turn into at least serviceable useful players in the league. I mean, this is the whole reason why Tim Connolly got hired, right? To find those diamonds in the rough in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and then that's a great, that's a great point because that's where I was going to go next. This is now where Tim Connolly, I think is really going to make his money because you've got the core. Now you've got Rudy, you've got cat, you've got ant. And I think you can throw Jaden McDaniels in that, in that mix too. D'Lo, you know, we'll see, but now it's going to be all right. What are some of the interchangeable ancillary role players going to look like? And over the next couple of years, when you're not having first round picks, can you find a guy in the second round that can contribute? You know, like if you're not able to keep a Nas Reed around, can you find another guy in the second round that can kind of step into that role? Can you find, you know, what if what if Jalen Noel plays really well over the next couple of years and then he ends up wanting too much money? And you have to let him right. go in free agency because you don't want to go too far into the luxury tax. Well, now you gotta you gotta hit on some of some more of your second round picks to sort of feel better about letting a Jalen Noel go possibly down the line, and then you can just sort of replace him in. I mean, that's why Jalen Noel himself was such a really good pick because it allowed you to say bye bye to Malik Beasley easily without yeah. without being yep. able to do that. So, you know, and Tim Connolly has a track record for finding guys in the second round. I mean, Jokic, Jokic was a second rounder, but that's that's a unicorn. That's yeah, that's that, a, yeah. that, that, yeah. that, that is he was a blind squirrel finding a nut. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. yeah. But a guy like Monty Morris, who's who the Nuggets just traded away. Um, but he was a second round pick as well. Will Barton was a second round pick, not by the Nuggets, but the Nuggets eventually got him and identified him as a guy that ended up being a significant part of what they've been doing for the last few years. So this is where I think. You know, Tim Collins, he's he's got his big fish now with Rudy Gobert. That's his big splashy move. 
Now it's going to be like, all right, over the next couple of years, how do you kind of continue to mold this roster and keep them at a level to where they're contributing to to trying to win a championship over the next half a decade? What yeah. an exciting time. Like, like seriously, oh, like artists, like this really? is like the most excited probably me and Manny have ever been about the future. Yeah. Of the Timberwolves, even though we've had plenty of opportunities to be that way. Like, obviously, when Jimmy came, years, man. when we <laughs> got Andrew Wiggins, That's when we drafted the aggression. That's why you got to applaud it. Yeah, you it's know? it's again, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole thing. But at the same time, gentlemen, I can't help but think what maybe might have been. Did you see that Kevin Durant's name was I, potentially linked to the Timberwolves so before was, the trade? I was going to bring that up. Uh, and but, I'm just uh, curious. Uh, it fell through because the Timberwolves apparently weren't willing to give up cats or ants. But I got to ask you guys. Yes. If you think we gave up a lot to get Rudy Gobert, I want to know what you would have been willing to give up to get Mr. Kevin Chet Holmgren Durant. The house. The house. The house. Give them Target Center. The house. If they wanted more than what we gave them, I'd have given them more. (laughs) The only untouchable piece, and I mean the only untouchable piece, would have been Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want, you can have it. So give us a package. Come on, throw it out there. Uh, Ring, ring. Hello, it's the Brooklyn Nets on the phone calling the Timberwolves. Is this Artist Woods? Hi, you got Kevin Durant here. He's pissed that Kyrie Irving opted back in. What what can you give us? What was that? Wait, what'd you say, Manny? I said it's probably Cat, Jaden McDaniels, and multiple picks. Yep, I was I was gonna say yeah. Jay. I'll say uh, first I would throw I wouldn't throw McDaniels in yet, but first I would say I'll give you five first round picks: Pat Bev, Vando, and Cat. See if they bite on that first. If they don't bite on that, I'll throw McDaniels and in. some of Becky's lasagna too from the Taylor household. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Can't, you got to throw that. That's the sweetener right there. If you, any team needs that lasagna, it's yes. good. I'll give you five percent. Mankato's best, baby. I want to go down of there. The wolves, of the Wolves uh, franchise, too. Like <laughs> whatever you, whatever they want, I'm going to move get the team to Seattle for all I care. I mean, <laughs> give me Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, oh, that would be it. Man. That'd be it. Get Kevin Durant here, and then move the franchise back to Seattle so he can go back to where it all began. Oh, Ooh, I smell conspiracy. I mean, but could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine a team with Ant and K? I, I wish I could. That'd be fun. Uh, I, Western Conference Finals, if I mean, not NBA Finals, okay. I could see it. I would. I would have to see how the West, the rest of the team was constructed. Obviously, but I would. I would have done it. I'd have been like, "Who you want? Anybody?" But I would have been like, "Okay, I'm not gonna give up Ant because mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be yeah. a superstar." But Cat, we've seen Cat. My only hang up. <laughs> my only hang up for Devil's Advocate His age. would be that injury concerns. Because I'm sorry. Well, look, if you get Kevin healthy for the playoffs, that's all that matters. He can miss 50 games during the regular season, piss off ticket holders that bring their family to the games, and oh, he's scratched tonight. Yeah, uh, which happens all the time, especially if you play for the San Antonio Spurs. Anyway, um, I just it. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. I started thinking about something else with the with the Spurs. <laughs> you, you go on. I'm sorry, I totally derailed myself well, right there. Oh, well, well I, I, anyway, I got be, excited. I think it'll be interesting though. You know, seriously speaking, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kevin Durant if he, you know, if he ends up staying in Brooklyn. That would be, I don't know if that, I don't know how likely that is, but that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, if Kyrie's there, there's there. no chance. There, but there's if KD, no chance. well, and listen, if KD gets traded to the Phoenix Suns, if the Suns swoop in and say DeAndre Aiden, Mikhail Bridges, and, you know, pick A and pick B, like, and you've got the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and granted an aging 
but still pretty good Chris Paul, you know, that could change the, the dynamics of things in the Western Conference as it well. It definitely would. It's already yeah. going to be a tough cool. conference next year. If KD comes over here, it's only going to make it more difficult. Yeah, it it's going to make things harder on the Timberwolves. I kind of want him to stay out east. If he can, if he can go to Miami, I think honestly that might be the best fit for him. To be honest with you, well, um, the problem is Brooklyn wants a lot, and KD still wants to go to a team and play with multiple All Stars. That's the problem. Yeah. But like and, Brooklyn's <laughs> like, well, we want the All Stars that you would want to play with. So I don't know how right. this is going to work. I, like, there's no way Miami could like do a trade without giving up like Bam or I, Tyler exactly. Hero, exactly Tyler Robinson. Hero. It might take both of them. Yeah. yeah, it might take both of them. Honestly, and if I was Miami, if I could hold on to Jimmy and maybe Lowry, I might do that too. Well. Durant works better with Miami's timeline. Those are all older superstars. Yeah. Obviously, Lowry's more on the the down end of his career and stuff like that. But like Jimmy's still on the border of his prime. Mm-hmm. They need to strike, and they need to strike like right now. Yeah. So um, I would even argue that like sure, like Phoenix has you know older players like Chris Paul and stuff. But in terms of, like you know like Michael Bridges and uh, DeAndre Ayton, they still have a fairly yeah, young exactly core. True. They just feel way older because Chris Paul's on the team. Yeah, so, that's very true. Yeah. So yeah, Durant might work better with Miami's timeline than Phoenix. Again, I just I want him to stay in the East. Let yeah. the East deal with that. We got enough concerns over in the West. We didn't even mention that the Lakers will probably be better next year, especially yeah. if they can pull off that Kyrie trade. Yeah. Um, which will be a if, factor. If that happens. If they can not. stay healthy, they'll be a factor. <laughs> right. That's right. always a question mark. Here, I mean, talk about thing, Here's mm-hmm. my thing with that, though, very quickly. I know we got to get out of here, but yeah. just thinking about the Kyrie to the Lakers thing, if you're Brooklyn, why would you take back Russell Westbrook? Exactly. To Good maybe, question. right, if, if Durant hadn't asked for a trade, then maybe you could try to recapture that magic in OKC. That's the only I thing I was thinking of. That ain't happening. Happen. And I don't know how much of magic that really was. Yeah. I, I, I know KD and Russ have kind of like squashed their little deal that they had when he left for Golden State, but I don't know if they, especially at this stage of Russ's career, Russ is just not the same guy anymore. Yeah. yeah. And you, you could know. one could say like, oh, you could take it on for an expiring contract, but Kyrie Irvin's contract is expiring as, yeah. as, and as he's well. Making so less than Russell Westbrook is. Yeah, he is. Like so ten eleven million dollars less. So it's like if you're Brooklyn, like why would you unless you're getting a pick and something yeah. else? They'd have to get here's, probably here's why. Picks. Guys, here's why. Yeah. It's the same thing with Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi at the end of their time with the Minnesota Wild. The GM, Bill Guerin, just wanted their asses out of there <laughs> yeah, because maybe. they were poisoning the locker room. Yeah, And I can't think we of a player that's poisoned a locker room more so than Ke- Kyrie Irving this past year. But the thing, like, is- I have not seen a player be more of a distraction to his team than what Kyrie Irving pulled this year. So but- if I'm Brooklyn, I might just take a deal to get them the hell out of Dodge. Because he's been that big of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. If that's a good because because what did Billy Garen do with Parisian? So he bought him out. Mm -hmm. He just paid him. He just cut him a check and said, "Get the hell out of here." If you're the Nets, why would you trade for Russell Westbrook and then get him out of here when you can just buy out Kyrie Irving and that's going to be cheaper to do that? That's true. That's very true. Why would you make the trade, bring in Russell Westbrook, and then buy him out when Russell's making eleven million dollars a year? Now I got a weird question. Are you are can teams still buy out player options? Can can teams buy out anybody they want no matter what the contract looks like or are I like player can, options yeah. full on guaranteed? Okay, they can still I do that. They can, yeah. Okay. Okay, cuz so that, that... Like if, if if you want to get rid of Kyrie and you can't trade him, 
then you just buy him out. It would be cheaper to do that than it would be to trade him to the Lakers and then buy out Russell Westbrook. You know? Just send yeah. his ass to Orlando or something. Just bury Kyrie. Honest to God, he's the most... He's so annoying. I, I'm over him. Like I remember, um, I, I, I threw out a reckless. Him, I, I threw out a reckless speculation tweet like several months ago when the Vax thing was, you know, just being a big deal. And I remember, oh, you know, maybe the Timberwolves would be interested in maybe doing a deal for Kyrie, you know, because he's having all these issues in Brooklyn. And by then, I was like, oh yeah, all in. Kyrie's awesome. But then I saw the you know events play out throughout this whole season of him just you know putting himself constantly before the team and now i'm just like well jason you remember i don't want him at all jason do you remember the the summer that they traded for jimmy butler because that was the same summer that Kyrie wanted out of cleveland oh that's right and there was all right. that speculation that the wolves were going to trade for Kyrie, and the wolves had already yeah. signed jeff teague and free agency and i was oh, always yeah. talking with people just about like well that how is that going to work with Kyrie and jeff teague the same backcourt that's just there's going to be no flow to that offense whatsoever because the wolves had just jeff signed teague. jeff teague so they couldn't trade him until like december like the middle of december or something like that right and you know and i just got eviscerated on twitter for <laughs> you know deservedly I mean, so and and well and and then of course you look at it in hindsight now i mean does anybody does it would does anybody think that kyrie irving would have stuck around here Especially no. with, the, with, the no. with the Jimmy no. Butler stuff happening too afterwards. No, like, hell no, no, no. See, see again, no that's way. my he other red. Kyrie couldn't even stick it, stick it out with the Boston Celtics. Yeah, the most historic yeah. franchise no. in the history of the sport. And that was my other red flag with Kevin Durant. It just popped in my head. I remembered what it was now when I lost my train of thought. I will forever until he does it again in a different capacity. I will always question how much of a winner Kevin Durant actually is. I will. He went to Golden State to win those championships, guys. I know he was the finals MVP and he showed up, but he would not be a two-time champion if he hadn't done that. This is exactly why I want him to stay in Brooklyn. Because if he can stay in Brooklyn and they can win a championship or at least get to the finals, the perception will change. But this until is true. he does that, it's not. It's never going to change. But right now, his perception is that he just hops place to place, and the moment he gets dissatisfied, he... I mean, I know this was his first technical trade request, but let's be real. Kevin Durant has forced himself out of plenty of different situations before, even if it's not through, like, a direct saying, hey, I re- formally request a trade, right? And I always question players who feel the need to go places to build championships as opposed to staying where they are and building them grassroots and that kind of thing. I understand eventually as a player, you have to take that with a grain of salt because you could play for an organization for nine years like Dame Lillard does for Portland and, you know, never really get too much out of it. I understand obviously player to player, you know, it just depends on what everybody wants, but I just, I have, have and this is why I kind of, and honestly, you should have. And honestly, guys, this is why Oklahoma city. Yeah. And this is why I also like, I'll never put like LeBron over MJ, to be honest with you, because LeBron kind of had to do the same thing. He had to go different places to win championships. Again, give him the credit for winning those championships and performing. He's still one of the greatest players ever. But for that reason, I can't really like think of LeBron and KD as just like, oh, the peak of winning excellence in basketball. Just because I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big fan of how they went about it, but 
you know, this was the same. I was the same kid who was super duper happy that uh, Chris Bosh and LeBron James joined the Heat. Like, yeah. I made a fancy basketball team called Miami Thrice. I was super pumped about that. It really was. <laughs> but then, as the playoffs started and the Mavericks were doing really good, I started rooting for the Mavericks. I was like, okay, I, I screw super well, teams, go Mavs. And that was one of the most fun NBA finals I've ever watched. Seeing the 2011 Mavericks take down the Heat. It was such. A lick of humility, and I just loved it. Well, I hated it because the Lakers were first off of a championship, and the summer was ruined by LeBron and Chris Bosh going to Miami. But I know we got to wrap this up, so I just want to give my you got your bubble championship. You're fine. (laughs) The championship that never counted. Uh, You know what? Say that for another day. Give my final thoughts. Other championships to celebrate too. That is very true. (laughs) Give my quick final thoughts because I know we got to wrap this up. I wanted to say this really quick. I want to get this little punchline off right. The center position in basketball 2022 is much like the running back position in the NFL. It's nice to have, but it's not needed to win a championship. So this trade will be more about the surrounding cast around Rudy Gobert, the stars, than it will be about Rudy Gobert himself. That's my last thoughts. I got nothing after that. I think it was perfectly said. Encapsulated everything I'm feeling fully. Um, either way, guys, this is this is so much fun. None of us expected to be coming on this show this week and talking about the Timberwolves being championship contenders. Even even if we had traded for Deontay Murray, I don't think any of us w- it would be thinking the way we're thinking right now. It, it, just because Rudy Gobert right now might be just a little bit better of a player than Deontay Murray and can take us farther. It's just... It's crazy. Like, I was planning to talk. We got to talk baseball eventually on this show at some point. I mean, the baseball season's going on right now, but just the reckless speculation of the NBA offseason has just been fantastic. I know that the Wild, they they draft this week. They're probably going to draft like 20 defensemen and just have the greatest defensive pool, prospect pool that they'll ever have. Where's A.J. Fredrickson when I need him? Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we, we've we got so much to cover the next couple of weeks. You're going to hear from a lot of us, still me, still Manny, still Artis. We'll get AJ on more. We got to get Grant on at some point, too. Grant Wengstern is technically a part of this, but he's got his cushy three to six my talk gig. So uh, maybe maybe he's a huge baseball guy. So when the twins really, really do something, he'll want to hop on. But, guys, this has just been an absolute pass. I, I can say personally, this has been the most fun I've had on the show so far, even when we were doing the Timberwolves stuff before this launch. It's been a great this, episode. This is the kind of stuff, the news that happens that just makes having a podcast so worth it. So this was an absolute blast. But we've been going for like an hour now. So much to talk about. We could probably go on another hour. Let's be real. We, we really could. could. My name is Jason Stormer. That is Artist Woods. Manny, if you would please send us home like uh, Tommy Watkins, Twins third baseman, third coach or whatever, <laughs> third base coach. Wave him in Watkins anyway. All right. For uh, Jason Stormer and Artist Woods, I'm Manny Hill. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Score North Taxi Squad. And we will talk to you again next week.